podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We all take on different roles every day. One minute you're a parent, the next a chef, or a driver. That's why the Volvo XC40 Recharge is designed to be as versatile as you are. It's fully electric and includes a 360-degree camera, Google built-in, and more. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com US. The Volvo XC40 Recharge. For every you. Some equipment optional. Google is a trademark of Google LLC. Hello and welcome to the Fabio Plan Podcast. Hey! It's pod 434, which I think was the same formation that Ian Holloway used to use. Um, and it's <laughs> the first pod of, well, pre-season slash first pod looking forward to the actual new season is here, 22-23. Joining me to preview that and talk, chat about all things summer, and of course I know he loves summer, it's Kevin Day. Hello to you. Hello there. How are you? I'm alright, thank you. It's gloomy, it's overcast, it's trying to rain, September's on the horizon, things are looking up. Is this why you love Edinburgh so much? Because it's just, it's barely ever sunny and it's just ridiculous weather all day. Possibly, yeah. Don't start your Edinburgh show with that, JD. They, they don't like that sort of thing up there. I've, yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> so, true. Yeah, true. I was going to say they were struggling enough with your middle class English accent, but <laughs> Scottish people don't go to the fringe anyway. So it'll be people That's like true. you. Do you know, I nearly, I nearly, I got offered advertising space in Hearts' match day programme. Oh, yeah. And I thought about doing it, and then I thought, actually, 20,000 local Scottish people looking at a show about a posh boy from England. I figured they'd probably well, tell me to Also, off, so also you, know, you know your selling point, which you've been talking a lot about recently, of uh, there's room for gentle comedy. Yeah. I, I probably wouldn't. You, you know what the audience. Fair. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, please do come to my Edinburgh show, 4.30pm at the Cross Market Centre every day. There we go. Seamlessly done. Um, starting this week, tomorrow, week. day after tomorrow. Um, anyway, uh, Jack Pierce is also here. Jack, hello, how you doing? Hey, JD. Yeah, don't have an Edinburgh show to advertise, so you can pass pass me by. <laughs> nothing, nothing. Oh, you, not yet. You'd not be yet. great. An hour of deadpan Jack. <laughs> In fact, there's your title, <laughs> deadpan Jack. Deadpan Jack. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. Yeah, that would have been your pirate name as well. Well, it's actually in previous years it's been deeppan Jack, so that's probably a good thing. So <laughs> that's the opening done already. Anyway, um, let's get before we crack on uh, a shout out to a random patrons. Let's get a drum roll, please. It's Ramsey. Hey, Ramsey. Hello, what Ramsey. a week! What a week for Ramsey. The last oh. episode of Neighbours. Yeah. Oh wow, it's meant to be. Yeah, well, no, Toadfish, I, I thought I'd tune in just to see, remind me of happy days as a young man. Toadfish is aged, isn't he? he yeah, he has. Wow. He has. He, I'd say aged, I'd say aged okay, to be honest, but he has. Yeah. I was a bit disappointed. I thought with Neighbours, they could go, <laughs> making a Neighbours spin-off episode, one of two go. ways. Either what they did without blowing any sort of, um, you know, secret, there was a nice wrap-up of everything, or 
crash a plane into the Lurandi Street. It's one, it's one or the other yeah. for a soap, so, isn't it? Of course, their big problem is that they had record viewing figures for it, and if any of those buggers had actually watched it in the last 10 <laughs> years, it wouldn't be pulled off, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, anyway, let's crack on by talking about... Well, just saying, it's just Ramsey. You're just saying hello, Ramsey. Is that it? You're right. Sorry, I, I forgot that. Well, Ramsey's joined our patron, so thank you, Ramsey. Thank and of course, you, Ramsey. you can join our patron and get loads of rewards, post-match podcasts, patron-only merchandise, and access to the patron-only Discord club at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash FYP podcast. Thank you, Kevin. I'd have missed that. If, uh, and before we start, JD and Jack, would you do you mind if, on behalf of my generation of fans, I say a brief word about the passing of John Hughes, known as Yogi, who died yesterday? I believe my first ever favourite footballer at Palace, oh. responsible for my favourite tabloid headline at the time, back of the news of the world, Queen in brawl at Palace, <laughs> uh, but also responsible for what I think is the best football commentary. Ever. Barry Davis, match the day. Big John Hughes moving forward, breathing the chance and giving it the hammer. He was a he was a fantastic player. He was a prop, we had a lot of Scottish players in the team in those days, but he was just fantastic. Oh, but bizarrely, despite the fact he used to throw himself about a lot and punch people, he always came off the kit with a the, the picture of a pristine white kit. Could never quite work that out, but he was a great player. He was a throw, but I loved him. Proper old-fashioned centre-forward. Very rarely see his like again, except in League Two, obviously. Now, was it him Was it him that scored an absolute belter against Sheffield United from 50 yards? Am I thinking of a different play? No, no that's Senior. the one. That was the, that was the breathing, that that's was the, the, yeah. the commentary for I, that I, goal, yeah. It wasn't quite. I mean, when Daddy Senior tells it, it's, it sort of gets further each time, but I think it was about sort of 25 yards. But it was, it was a belter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, beautiful stuff. Well, yes, our thoughts go out to, to his family. Indeed. Um, let's move on by talking about... Well, we've got two things to talk about in part one. Uh, but in part two, we're going to talk about um, our new signing, Chris Richards, with uh, Euro expert Alex. And then in part three, we've got uh, Bobby from the Foundation coming in to talk about the Marathon March, which I have not trained for at all. Um, part one, I thought, Kevin, we'd look back at pre-season quickly. Um, I know very it's not quick, something... Very we, quickly. Very quickly. We tend, tend to really <laughs> dwell on here. Uh, uh, that's like... We had, the split pre-season thing's been a bit weird. Half the squad other side of the world, half the squad here. Results back here haven't been too bad. And in fact, the, the last one before the season this weekend, when everyone was together, a good 4-2 win. So is it leaving you feeling in a, in a decent place? Uh, pre-season always has a habit of proving you wrong anyway. You have a, a good pre-season, you, you go there with a little spring in your step and you get hammered the third. That's why I'm hoping that Arsenal will turn up in really happy and overconfident because they've had a brilliant pre-season. It's, it's the, I can't imagine Vieira was at all happy about the, uh, the, the having the squad split up like that for whatever reason, whatever the conspiracy theories are. It's nice that we're a big enough club to get asked to do these Far Eastern tours now, and they are very lucrative. But in terms of your, your pre-season preparation, it's not really helping... Uh, Patrick Vieira in terms of knowing what he wants to do. Um, I think did I think the Montpellier result was a, a, a very good one, especially off the back of Arsenal winning, what was it, 5 or 6 nil against 6-0 yeah. in the morning. With arguably, I think, the, the buy of the summer, Gabriel Jesus. But uh, I think it's interesting. I think some people seem to be slightly underwhelmed by our transfer window this season. I think I think that's only in comparison to last season when we probably had arguably the best week we've had ever pre-season, certainly in the Premier League, when we brought in Gallagher and Elise uh, and, the, and Anderson and, and Gerhi. But I think the players we brought in are, are, are really good additions to the squad, really good additions to the squad. And I know uh, Decore was the one that Vieira was really keen to get. I think Richards is a really shrewd 
shrewd uh, buy across virtually the whole whole of the back four. I think everybody, every club wants to see a high-profile striker brought in and there's still maybe time in the transfer window. I think Gibbs-White, we all thought, was was probably looking more likely than not. But I, I think, you know, I, I think other than the obvious failure to uh, replace Gallagher like for like, and, and Decoury, you know, like I said, there's a, one French journalist said he's, he thought Decoury is better than Piatti defensively and better than Gallagher attacking. So you wait and see on that one. So I think that's the only glaring thing that we haven't done. We haven't replaced Gallagher like for like. But otherwise, I think it's been a good, sensible window. And I'm fairly certain we'll have one more to come in. Noticeable that we haven't brought a, a, a high-profile loan signing in. So I don't know whether that means we won't, or whether it's a new policy, or whether somebody's in the pipeline. I don't know. There's still talk about... Uh, a couple of players from Watford, Dennis Desar, maybe, but I think we're all right. I think we're in good. I think we're in good shape. I think. I, I think Vieira was hinting very strongly at the end of last season that he thought there were goals enough in his team already without having to spend. You know, you've, you've got to spend more on strikers than anybody else, and there's, there's very few strikers who guarantee you twenty goals a season. So I think Vieira will be quite happy with that. I think. I think he'll be going into the first game probably with a, a degree of optimism. Well, I mean, obviously, Jack Edwards giving him something to think about with those two goals against Montpellier as well, which was nice to see him back on the score sheet. Kevin's right about striker, obviously. And we talked about it a lot on this pod. Uh, and also that loan. I mean, they probably will fill that loan spot, surely. And it will probably be someone from Chelsea, we'd imagine, because that's just what they do now. But uh, in terms of the window, I agree with Kevin. I think it's been fairly solid. It will never be what last summer was, but every signing so far has made sense. And we will hear some expert insight on Chris Richards later. And, have, you know, without giving too much away, it's very exciting indeed mm-hmm. there as well. Um, what are your thoughts on, I guess, the games and, and and the transfer window? And do we know when the window closes this year? Is it before or after the season? No, it's uh, first, of, first of, yeah, end of oh, August. End of August. August. Okay, yeah. right. So, yeah, yeah. So, so plenty of time then, Jack, I guess, still for stuff to happen. Yeah, still got two loan options. There's, you know, room for improvements in the squad, but I don't think we're going into the season needing to fill those spots necessarily. So that's positive. The two signings in terms of kind of the standout bits of business being um, Chris Richards and, and Czech Decore, everything suggests that those are two very sensible signings and they supplement an already good squad and complement the business done last summer. So... I'm I'm relatively comfortable with the business we've done. Add on top of that a very exciting youngster from the championship in Malcolm Abue and uh, what could prove a very shrewd signing in Sam Johnston. So, yeah, all in all, good uh, good business. Uh, it's not an ideal pre-season. I think we can probably say the, the plan was never to split the squad up the, the way it was and, and the, you know flight to um, to Singapore and Australia for only half the group while the other group said here was was probably not the, the initial plan but you know listening to to Ebbs after the Montpellier game on um, on Saturday he saw it as a positive that players have probably had more minutes than they would have done yeah, had yeah, yeah. had the squad all been together so that is a positive and you know Ebbs particularly looks very very yeah. good um, and I think we all thought that he needed a pre-season um, after the injury last year so some real reasons for excitement for Palace and the fact that we're kicking off the season for the whole league at home at Sellers under the lights. Yeah, I can't wait to get going, to be honest. And um, whether there's a bit more business to be done, we'll see. But as for the here and now, I'm I'm relatively comfortable. Also, I think we got Decore and Richards cheaper than a lot of certainly European journalists expected. Everyone seems yeah. to think both of them were were, were bargains. So mm. well done for that. It's, it's slightly disappointed to see 
the Derby press moaning about the uh, the compensation offer we've put in for Ebue, considering how decent we were with the transfer money for Plange, when we could easily have amortised that and tried to spread that payment over three seasons. But uh, uh, Steve Parrish said, no, we'll pay it up front because Derby County need the money. So it's yeah, it'd be interesting to see what the outcome of that is. But we are it, it's annoying for championship teams that, that because their best players can get cherry-picked by people like us. But we've had that happen to us so often in the past. Yeah. That for once it's working in our favour. And you know, we're not we're not the rapacious Premier League gold diggers at Derby are making us out to be, basically. Mm, and I'm yeah. sure there will be a, a, a decent enough offer made in the end. But so far there certainly seems to be money available if there are if there are other players to be coming in. And I would expect at least one to be coming in, plus plus one of the loan gaps to be filled as well. I think we'll use at least one of those loan spots. Yeah. I think given our use of that market previously, it's yeah. something the club trusts. I don't know if it will be someone from Chelsea. Who knows? Ooh. We, might, we might branch out. We might try a different shop. Who is knows? That, is, that a hint? is that a hint that you... No, no, not at all. We might go as far as Fulham, possibly. Uh, yeah. out no, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, Billy Gilmore, Levi Colwell have, have been mentioned, but I don't know if they're parts of the squad with the business of Decoria and Richards no. that maybe we no, need no. To, to do. But there might be some, you know, hudson Adoy becomes available. Could be an option. Who knows? But um, yeah, there, there's uh, there are players out there that will be made available, particularly with the World Cup on the horizon. There'll be players mm, yeah. kind of pushing their manager's door, saying, "Can you give me six months?" I think there'll be a few peculiar loan deals done between across the league between now and the, the end of the window because of the World Cup being when it is. Yeah, I think I think Chelsea have offered Colwell to somebody this morning in a player cash deal as well. I think it might be our friends on the coast. Yeah, with the uh, oh, of course deal. for Cucurella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably a good deal. Um, but anyway, let's move away from that. I'm going to ask you guys later on, right at the end, when we preview Arsenal slash the season very quickly, who you think is uh, the Palace player to keep an eye on this year, outside of Wilf, I guess. And just really quickly picking up on what you're saying about Ebbs there, um, he has looked fantastic in pre-season mm. and, and absolutely right, needed that pre-season under his belt. I think it's been a very interesting pre-season in terms of, actually, I think he's right about those players getting extra minutes. The, the likes of Plange, Plonge, plange, however you say it. Um, plonge, if you're continental like me. Um, has Well, ha- if, considering you've been calling it five-year plange, I think you better stay, well, stick <laughs> with plange. Five, five-year five plonge doesn't sound quite as good, does it? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but he's looked very good. He's, he's, he's done well when given the chance as well. Everywhere as well looked, has looked good as well. So they, they, well, do you know what, that's what, exciting. That's why I found it so interesting, that this persistent rumour that we were in for Dwight Neal from Burnley, because if there's one position we don't, Need to to add to, it's it's wide on both sides. We've got we've got abundant it's options galore. there. Yeah. So I don't, I'm I'm quite pleased. I think I'm sure. I don't think Everton fans could be too pleased that their two big signings of the season have come from a relegated club. <laughs> but he's certainly not a player that that particularly that I, I think we needed or at our stage should be really looking at. To be honest, I think I think it's interesting that the average age of the squad has come down again with the people we've we've brought in. And I, I think Dwight Neal wouldn't have fitted into into uh, Vieira's philosophy really, which is to bring that side. It's, it's really interesting to see what Vincent Company's done at Burnley as well, because he's reduced their average age by about six years just during the summer at a club where everyone tells us it's a basket case financially, mm-hmm. and they looked a completely different side at their, their first game away at Huddersfield, different sort of football. And it, it, so whether he's looked at Vieira and and thought. That's something Burnley should have done while they're in the Premier League. I don't know, but I think increasingly it's going to become 
Yeah, oh, he's waving at you. Waving at Ed. <laughs> waving at Ed. That's <laughs> really, <laughs> really I couldn't help it. I just love Ed so much. Well, first of all, you held your finger out like you had an invisible budgie you were trying to feed, and then you just started waving at someone in the middle distance. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a haunted mirror. Enjoying, not that I wasn't enjoying what you were saying at all. Sorry, but I just uh, it was it's nice seeing Ed's face pop up. You're as distracted by him making scrambled eggs in the background as I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's move on really quickly then, because this is a very nice, positive chat about preseason, and we love it. And and you know, a lot of the lot of people in the media and stuff are pitching us to the table. Love that. We love all that. We like staying away from all the danger zone. Um, something that's not been so positive so far, Kevin, uh, has been the season ticket fiasco that is kind of unfolding literally right now as we as we pod this whole season ticket plus thing you can't move your tickets over i I have to admit i'm completely confused by the whole thing and i've read all the messages online about it and the club's official statements i don't have a season ticket plus because uh, my my dad sorts out my season ticket for both of us he tried to add it at that time it didn't work on the website so we wanted to get this option couldn't have it and now obviously i can't make the first two or three games of the season because i'm in edinburgh i can't give my ticket to anyone so then my seat it's going to go empty for the opening uh, game of the season. I'm, I'm as confused as you are, but the, the, the fact is that technically you can now give your season ticket to someone else, whereas before you couldn't. Before they were they were absolutely non-transferable, and uh, technically anybody who gave their season ticket to mate was breaking the regulations of the season ticket and could have had their ticket taken off them. I mean, the clubs are sensible enough to know that sort of things happens, especially for midweek games. People can't necessarily get there. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm like you. I, I can't quite sift out what's actually going. I know it's upset a lot of people. It doesn't seem to be a lot of money, but it's overcomplicating a process that needn't be overcomplicated. I think there's still a bigger issue with tickets as a whole. Essentially, this, this whole plus ticket thing is. Is I'm still not convinced that my ticket will let me into the into the ground for the first game anyway, despite somebody at the club showing me how it works. So there are all sorts of issues around it. And the fact is, Palace, like every other club, this is a hangover from the fact we did it too quickly last season. It's as mm. simple as that. Instead of having two seasons where, where ticketless and, and card ran in combination, Palace, like many other Premier League clubs, used the Premier League as an excuse for saying, well, we've got to do it overnight, which wasn't quite true. And this is a, a knock-on effect for that. And it's, the fact is, I know that there always have been issues around security with other people having your season ticket, which is, it, it, I, I would have thought it'd be logical to assume that you would only give your season ticket to another Palace fan. But we saw with the Euros last year, in stark contrast to the glorious events of last weekend, we saw the FA and the Premier League were horrified by what they saw at Wembley last year. So there is a new emphasis on security. Yeah. I, I don't think, I think a lot of Palace fans were annoyed by it. I don't think they're quite as bothered as some people on FYP think they are. I don't think we're at the pitchfork and burning torch stage quite yet. Yet. But, but, I think it's fairly typical of football. It's at every Premier League club that they, if they can overcomplicate something, they can overcomplicate something. And I think most clubs would would prefer to turn a blind eye to just getting your mate's season ticket or transferring it to a phone, if possible, to be perfectly honest. And you certainly shouldn't, whether it's three pound, five pound, fifty pound, or whatever it is. You should. You certainly shouldn't have to pay for a season ticket that's very expensive in the first place. Yeah. There's no way it should be costing you any more money to give your season ticket to a mate, basically, or to a stranger. Come to that, it shouldn't be costing you any more money to do that. It shouldn't be costing you any money to sell the ticket through the club. 
in this again really complicated sort of you almost expect to see white smoke coming out of the Vatican <laughs> as, as a measure of the success of these transactions or the, or, or the tasty jerk or tasty jerk even but it's it's I, I yeah I I don't think the club's hearts are in this but they're all saying they have to do it and I, I just think it's a, again it's just another nuisance for, for football fans to put up with because as always it's the fan that's the last People in the equation, really. When it, yeah, we know it's the same when it comes to broadcasting. When it comes to changing match times, and you know, yeah. if there's a way of aggravating fans, football clubs will find a way to do it. I don't think there's any malice involved in it. I think, as usual, Palace have not been brilliant at communicating what they've done and why they've done it. But, but like I say, I don't think it's deliberate. I just think it's a, it's it's like I say, it's a corollary of that catch up from hastily introducing a system that wasn't quite ready for. Yeah, no, I think you're right about. I, I wasn't saying there was malice either, and in fact, to be fair to Palace, they have now got rid of the premium phone number, which a lot of people thought was about it and was about yeah. it. It's a fair yeah, play yeah. for that. But but Kevin's right, Jack. I mean, the, my season ticket's gone up this year, as quite a few have. I, th- I think they were frozen for the previous few years. I think, yeah, fair yeah. enough. But they have gone up again this year, so it's more money to add more on top of that. Whether it is the fifty quid to be able to do it or the three quid. I think transaction or something that, that, that some people have tweeted about as well. It does seem very unfair. And, and uh, obviously, obviously Kevin's absolutely right. Twitter is a microcosm. So of course you're going to see more tweets from people that shout about it. And maybe there is, it isn't, you know, a big percentage of the 25,000, but it would be a shame, wouldn't it? That if for the few games in August, traditionally where people do go on holiday, so actually don't mm. get to make many mm. games. We have lots of empty seats for, for the start of what could potentially be one of our most exciting seasons in recent years. Yeah, that's the point I was going to make. I think often these issues with ticketing, and we've had a few over the last, say, five or six seasons where changes to the ticketing have meant that um, there's been a bit of an outcry on social media before the season. It obviously comes about at a time when people do have other engagements to to go to, and it's probably, so I speak for myself, it's the time of year when I know that chances of going to a Palace match are probably more impacted than at other times of the year. You know, weddings and uh, holidays, you know, these are the times of year when other things are happening. Um, nobody wants to get married on a cold Saturday in October. So that's, you know, that's that's kind of something you're dealing with. I think um, if you've got a friend who's getting married during the football season, you have to consider that friendship, unfortunately. I've got, I've got a friend who's getting married on a day of the bloody Chelsea game. And, right. they're, and they're both season ticket holders. Wow, Just, that's... So try, the, try explaining those empty seats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I mean, Kevin's absolutely right. You know, this is um, just adding complications to what people presume is a fairly simple transaction. And once you buy your season ticket, you've bought your season ticket and you should hmm. be able to do with that season ticket as you wish. I mean, as, as Kevin said, uh, the only swapping of season tickets that I'm aware of are typically to, to other Palace fans who are happy to have the opportunity to go to a game. And it's a nice thing to give your ticket to someone who otherwise doesn't make as many games as they would like to. So this this idea that you've now got to go in and make several clicks of, on the website to make sure that you send the transaction through to your friend, it it just overcomplicates it. And it will, certainly at the start of the season, I think, see plenty of empty seats uh, not just at Selhurst, but if other clubs are implementing it, every fan base will be saying the same as Palace fans. So that overcomplication of things is annoying and it will frustrate people. And I think the communications coming out the week of the season kicking off is is far from ideal. I, I, maybe the club anticipated it being reacted to like this and felt the less time the better. But I, I don't know. It's just 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 adds a bit of a you know a bit of sour taste yeah a bit of a bad bit of a sour taste at the start of the season just but it's not the first time the ticketing has proved the problem I think Jack's right about the timing as well you kind of think surely this must have been 
predict this this hasn't been imposed on you a week ago surely you must have been aware this is going to happen i mean also being cynical most clubs will make sure there are no empty seats on in the stand opposite the cameras Mm -hmm. uh because i think sky will be having a word with clubs to make sure that that doesn't happen too much also i think as well for a lot of fans myself included it comes off the back of the so the whole socios thing that fans really don't approve of and and again it it, anything that looks like the club are making extra money out of it monetizing yeah yeah. yeah, and they shouldn't be monetizing this even though it it might be an admin cost or whatever but there won't be that many people doing it but jack's absolutely right as well any palace fan listening to this most of them in fact will be in some sort of whatsapp group in which 70% of the, of the people have got season tickets and the other 30 for whatever reason whether it's economic or, or work-based won't have but we'll go whenever they can get a ticket and yeah. that that sort of horse trading is always going Friday's but who's not going can I have your ticket and then mm-hmm. no one turns ahead because it's all Palace fans going they're all spending money at the club, they're all buying the beer and the hot dogs and the and the uh, the, the burgers, and and it clearly isn't, as I said, a security risk. No one's trying to make money out of offloading their season ticket to an away fan. No, uh, well, also, and then right? in theory, yeah. it's quite short termism because actually those could be fans that at some point do have the funds to buy a season ticket, yeah, and so you're giving them the chance to buy yeah, into yeah, the Palace experience and be future fans. And if you're not giving them yeah. that opportunity, it seems like a waste. But anyway, um, let's wrap up up there, and we might, we might have an update by next week on, on, on what's going to happen there. Um, but speaking of the future, we're going to look ahead now uh, to part two, where we've got some expert insight on new signing Chris Richards. We've all got our own pre-match routines, whether you're pub first, straight to your seat, or making sure you always go left out the bunny hole, Kevin. Well, it isn't just football where good prep is important. Harry's believes a pre-shave routine is just as crucial, and they're here to help you revamp yours with a trial set and face wash. Excess oil and dead skin cells build up over time and exfoliating all this away from your face before you shave means you're less likely to suffer from ingrowns and breakouts, much like Palace exfoliated the deadwood last summer, up-to-date reference, Jim. Using a gentle cleanser leaves the skin feeling refreshed and the hair soft, making your shave feel smoother than before. You'll be as smooth as an Eberé Eze dribble. The trial set has everything you need, an expertly engineered weighted handle, a five-blade cartridge that's made in Germany, no less, complete with precision trimmer, giving you a shave as clean as a Michael Elise strike, a handy shave gel, a handy foaming shave gel, and a travel blade cover, and a free face wash for FYP listeners. Uh, skincare products can be added to shave plans anytime, anywhere, and all products are dermatologically tested and formulated by Harry's experts. Their skincare products are alcohol and cruelty-free, and they have easy-to-follow instructions on our website, so you'll always know how to use them. Take note, Palace's website. Uh, just head to harrys.com slash FYP to have your set delivered and start your shave plan. All you've got to do is pay the £3.95 for postage. Your freebie will be added at checkout. That's harrys.com slash FYP. Welcome back to part two of the five-year plan podcast. And we're delighted to say we've got an expert on Palace's most recent signing, Chris Richards, joining us before we do that. Jack's still here. Jack, how are you doing? Yeah, thanks. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I I guess uh, I'll take the expert bit. But yeah, thanks for the uh, remembering that I'm here. But thanks, yeah. Yeah, no, you will. I can never forget you. I can never forget you. <laughs> uh, no, but joining us to talk us through Palace's new signing, I should say w- the transfers literally just dropped minutes before recording this. It's the first time ever that FYP has been on time with anything. We have the TikTok Fabrizio Romano, but we're just going to call him Alex. Alex, the Euro expert. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Oh, I love it here already. This is brilliant. Thank you for having <laughs> me on. 
Top, top man. Now, you watch a lot of European football, uh, way more than Jack and I and probably most of our listeners. Tell us, first of all, how excited should we be about the arrival of Chris Richards? Oh, good question. Um, it depends on who you ask. If you're a US men's national team fan and you ask them, how excited should you be about Chris Richards? They will probably tell you he's one of the best up-and-coming centre-backs to look out for. If you ask a Hoffenheim fan, they might strike a similar note, but they might say it depends if he's fit because there's a few caveats to Chris Richards. He's clearly got all the ingredients there. Uh, me personally, you know, I think I'm somewhere in between. I think Palace, as a backup option, this is about as good as you can get. And maybe this has got the potential to be a first-team starter. To, well, if you can notch out the unbeatable duo of Anderson and Gehi. Interesting, because, Jack, uh, I was thinking that this may be, and I watched Alex's video earlier on Chris Richards. Do check it out on TikTok and other platforms. Seamlessly done there, JD. Um, that he can play either side of a back three. And now, Jack, there are rumours that Patrick Vieira is considering a back three. So if he's not going to dislodge, obviously, our wonder, wonderful partnership in a back four, we're thinking possibly a sliding into left or right of a back three? Uh, possibly. I mean, it provides the uh, the calibre of player to give you the option of doing that. I think when we talked about the Czech Decore signing, we commented on the fact that he played in a Lons team that played in a, in a, a 3-5-2 system last year as well. So he's got experience of it. So yeah, Richards looks comfortable either side of a back three or uh, as part of a centre-back duo. So the flexibility there is great. Can also play full-back, I understand. It's very interesting to hear uh, Alex mention the US uh, men's national team there, given it's a World Cup year. Um, I dare say he probably had uh, desires to move on because the opportunities at, at Bayern look limited. So um, a, a move to the Premier League must suit him. So he must be very excited to get going. Do you think, Alex, if, if Vieira does, and to be fair, we haven't seen much of it in pre-season, mainly because half the squad have been in the Far East and half the squad have been here. So uh, it's been difficult for them to really do anything with everyone together. If Vieira does go with a back three, could Richard slot in right away? Well, yes, definitely. It's where he mainly played at Hoffenheim. I think they did switch between a back three and a back four under coach Sebastian Nunes. Uh but with Richards, I think he's more suited to a back three. We're going to get into it, I imagine, a bit more. But he's quite an aggressive defender. He's good at stepping out from the back line and he's quick enough to get back in. And typically, if you're in a back two, you want your centre-backs to be a, bit, a little bit more reserved. In a back three, you can afford to have that. So that might be a way to get more of the best out of him in his current form. Um, but I will say, I mean, personally, you know, uh, you guys were the Palace experts, but I'm not going to pretend like they weren't my favourite Premier League team to watch last season. <laughs> I kind of, I, I kind of hope you stay in the back four, and I think Richards can still play in it, just because that's probably the best way you can get the most out of your midfield with uh, Decore, uh, Eze, and and Hughes as well, and other players in there. Uh, yeah. Mate, you can come on again, definitely. Yeah, this, this is great. This is a loving. This is wonderful. <laughs> we'll be going Alex, on Chelsea uh, podcast going, Chelsea were the best team to watch last season. Definitely, yeah, lads. Yeah. Not Palace. <laughs> yeah, Alex, I was just going to say on that point because, um, it, you know, thankfully last season we didn't have too many injuries with Anderson and Gay. Um, Anderson had a bit of a spell out the team around the, the Christmas uh, Christmas period and, and James Tompkins came in. But I, I sense that that Richards is probably a better fit in terms of deputising if he needs to come into that back two than someone like James Tompkins or Martin Kelly, who was on the books last year. He's going to be more of that kind of stepping out centre-back in a two or a three, but you know most likely in a two to begin with. So would you say that, that he's, he's probably more comparable to a, a, a or more uh, complementary to a, a Gay or Anderson if he has to play alongside one of them as well? 
Yeah, I think so. And I think he's more equipped to play in like the Premier League at the moment than someone like Tompkins because uh, I think with Palace, like my personal opinion is you guys are going to try and be a bit more, even more possession dominant next season, the v- direction Vieira is taking you. But what an issue you might have is teams going to be better prepared for it. So they're going to like to strike on the counter attack, particularly teams in the bottom 10. And I think having Richards able to deputise there is a lot better than Tompkins because I feel like if you're feeling James Tompkins in defence, you're going to have to drop your defensive line like five or ten yards back just to cover for potential pace and behind. Whereas Richards, when he's fit, he's athletic enough to keep up with the quick players. He was in the Bundesliga where, yeah, the league gets its criticisms, but one thing no one could deny is a team, it's a league that thrives on counter-attacking football. So So the fact that Richards was able to do well in the league kind of shows he's able to cope with teams looking to get in behind him. So, yeah, I think you're spot on with that, Jack. Um, what so what other qualities can we expect from Chris Richards? Where has he shined in terms of his abilities so far? Well, I was looking into the numbers behind him. I'm starting to feel like he's a bit more of like a a Mark Gehi, but for left centre back. I mean, we've covered he can play across the back three, and one of the things that really stood out to me when you first look at him is um, his two footedness. There's a site called FB Ref Online uh, where secret most uh, of us people making football content and football writing we use it quite heavily and uh, <laughs> secrets out yeah secrets <laughs> out indeed um but one stat that i think most people look over is on every single player's page uh, in the top five leagues at least it has the percentage of touches they take with either foot and i've done a lot of work into this because i thought it's such a fascinating stat uh, that no one's really looked into and because it's fascinating that I mean, let's be honest, most of us probably get our football knowledge when we're younger from games like FIFA and we look at players like Neymar and go, oh, he's two-footed, he's amazing. Um, And he's always the barometer I strike. Neymar's spent with this two-footed player. I'm going somewhere with this, by the way. He takes 85% of his touches still with his right foot. So it shows for a two-footed player, it's quite reliant on his right. Now, Richards is 68% right-footed, which really shows he... Wow. Yeah. There's no database to compare every single player, but I've looked into it quite a lot, and I reckon he's in like el- the lower lower bottom of the top tier of sort of two-footed players. Like Usman Dembele is the most you'll find, and he's like fifty-one percent. No surprise there. I mean, he won't even tell anyone which foot he prefers, so he's he <laughs> yeah. very very well, much keeping his Depends on what side he gets out of bed. I think in the morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it's, it, Alex. It's funny you say that because I um I watching. Uh, you know, compilation videos when he starts getting linked with Palace. I noticed how happy he was to kind of step into challenges either foot, and that's often um, an issue for so many defenders in that they they come in on their on their preference side and they'll either give away a foul or or they'll be beaten in the in the duel. So for for a player to have the confidence to go in either foot, um, depending on where he's playing, of course. But yeah, that that's a real uh, bonus for Vieira and and just highlights his versatility. I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna, the hours I'm going to lose to that website, that's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, to touch on more of the qualities, like I said, we touched on his aggression. And I mean, I started by saying he's like the left sided marker. It's because he did play a little bit more at left centre back last season. But okay, an- another stat I really like, yeah, you know, on the stats, man, as we can see. But it's a one the Palace fans will like and one that didn't get spoken about much. So on Sofa Score, a different site, they. Uh, they're the ones who really show the stats called ground jewels, which is measuring success 
in 1v1 situations, uh, forwards and backwards. But if you limit to centre-backs, it's going to be defensive ones, right? And no one in the Premier League was more successful in their defensive uh, 1v1s than Mark Gehi. Uh, he was wow. successful in 79% of them. Uh, really doesn't get spoken about enough. Great defender. Richards was successful in 68%. And if you translate that to the Premier League, he'd be top 10. So what you're getting here is a player who... His qualities really lie on his defending. He's someone who's very hard to get past, shown in the stats. He's very quick, so you can kind of see it on the pitch as well, that he's hard to beat. Caveat when he's fit, of course. Um, but, you know, when we talk about him going forward, maybe that's where we'll start to see the qualities drop off just a little bit. That Gahey stats, mad. Um Am I right in thinking, Jack, that there was last season he was dribbled past once and we, we were trying to find it, weren't we? We think we found it in the, in the West Ham game and he wasn't even dribbled past. It was yeah, just... it was. I think it was Leicester at home in October and Adamona oh, Lookman yeah, um, right. actually gets past him, but actually Gay's playing him very well in terms of clearing the air for Anderson to come and clear him out and, and do the defending for him. But that technically, I think certainly to a point of last season was the only time he was dribbled past. But I mean, he's exceptional first season. So to hear parallels can, uh, provided uh, by Alex about Mark Gay in terms of Richards that is only positive because he was he was wonderful for us last season um what do you think is the reason Alex why it didn't work out for him at Bayern is it just the caliber of player that he was competing against at Bayern and, and maybe not ready for for Champions League football and, and fighting for titles in Bundesliga but uh you know where Palace are at the moment it, it's a good investment for for him to come to us but also for Palace into him Lovely. I get to use my notes they could have gone completely <laughs> unused if it wasn't for Jack um <laughs> It's funny, yeah, because at Bayern, uh, he joined in January 2019, I think, was when he signed his long contract there. And it, it, he, he'd come from America, he'd come from a place called Birmingham in Dallas, Texas, which is obviously confusing when you're Googling him at first. Um, in Dallas, he was one of very few people playing like football. He's bouncing between basketball and football. So when he was coming up, he was seen as like this ultra talent. Like when the team spotted him, they said, look, I think his coach came out and said, there is. He's 100% playing professional football. And when he came to Bayern, I think one of his first experiences was in like a training game against Robin and Ribery. And it was a great story of him uh, training up against Robin where he said that he knows where he's going. I knew where I was, Robin was going to try and take me. And before I'd made a move, he'd already gone past me and cut me up. And he said he thought to himself, like, I've just been done by one of the world's best right-wingers. I'm in a different league now. Yeah. And from there at Bayern, they did say that he said, I think the phrase is a dog-eat-dog worldler and everyone's just trying to vibe your place and take your place in the squad. That said, um, in the 2021 season, uh, two seasons ago, he did make three appearances in the first half of the year. Uh, he was on the bench, I think I did like 10 times as well. Mm. So he was in and around the squad. You know? So he wasn't completely out of it. I mean, he had as much game time maybe as um, Bayern, like proper, the other central defender that they've really hyped up, Tangai Nyansu from PSG. About as much game time as him. And actually noted down, I found it quite ambitious that he's moved. He moved from Bayern at a fairly young age to Hoffenheim originally mm. on loan. So I would say it's less, like you said, I'd, I'd say it's less like he's you know being forced out of Bayern. I think he, there is room for him to stay there. And I think they do believe in him. They say his attitude's amazing. We might talk about that a bit more. I think they'd be happy to keep him, but he's an ambitious player. And I think he's actually just quite desperate to get as much game time as possible. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I'd imagine actually, if you look at Palace's transfer activity in the last couple of years, any young player... I was going to say in Europe, maybe anywhere, would probably want to get involved in this project at the moment because it does seem exciting. I should say I uh, I did 
coach football in Dallas when I was younger. And uh, so I can <laughs> oh, understand. Here we go. Here we go. The claim. Here we go. It's a, it's a yeah. JD anecdote coming. Yeah. Um, so uh, can definitely understand where, like, if he's half decent, he's going to sort of stand out. We were, we were, it was, the, the, really? they, were called, they were called Dallas Burn at the time, the team. And we were coaching for MLS camps. And then we'd like go to Dallas Burn games. And at one game, us, there was like 11 of us coaches in the area. We went on the pitch at half time. They used to play at some old like NFL stadium. And we played a game against 11 randoms from the crowd. And we were like, oh my God, we're like English coaches from, from England. We're going to smash this lot. So 11 randoms from the crowd. And we ground out a one all draw. It's one of the most embarrassing <laughs> moments of my entire life. Um, but anyway, back to Chris Richards and uh, less about me. You yeah, but but the, the story there is actually the 11 randoms were all aged between seven and 10. So that's <laughs> yeah. the- and one of them was a young Chris Richards. Well, young Chris Richards. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, do you know what the photo? The photos that they've unveiled are fantastic. He looks like a really fun lad. He's got a great smile. But you did touch on there character and actually that is something that's cropped up before with Palace signing. Certainly last summer, they seem to be really targeting characters that will work in this current group it's worked fantastically so far so what do you know of his character so far and do you think that might be one of the things that palace had certainly looked up for bringing yeah. him in yeah i was looking into it was a guardian article from a couple of years ago actually that on tabs it was i forgot this, these first names sadly but it was one of the youth coaches in the national team setup second name ramos and uh, he had this to say. He said that Chris Richards is the perfect player to coach. It's because he does everything you ask and more. As a coach, he usually tell, maybe you'll know, JD. Uh, he usually tells players, look, this is what you're required in your position, but you, you're free to do more. And he was always someone who tried to do that bit extra. And I was always, I was reading a bit from, I think it might be an early Hernis at Bayern Munich as well, who said that he has got the perfect attitude. I think he might have mentioned actually when he first came, it took a little while to settle in. I mean, no wonder you're coming from Dallas to Bayern, but he was always willing to learn, trying to learn absolutely everything. So on his character, yeah, you're spot on. I think they've got the perfect type of player here. And when we go into why Hoffenheim didn't keep him, it definitely wasn't because of how good he is. And it definitely wasn't because of his attitude. That's good to know. I mean, I wouldn't know about uh, being a good coach because um, I did not stay out in Dallas uh, very long uh, at all. In fact, the company that I worked for is now folded. So make your own uh, uh, Bayern, um Bayern do one of the most intensive um, assessments in terms of character um, in European football. Mm. I mean, that, that's um, yeah something they do. And I understand that Richards was a number of players that came over at that age um, from the MLS. And I think was the only one of the cohort that they they uh, he came over with that signed permanently. But they've had success with Alfonso uh, Davis in in most most prolific. So I think the fact that Bayern felt he was worth taking on and signing onto a permanent contract um, says it all. In addition to, to what Alex is saying, it's no. um, it's a part important part of the recruitment. Clearly identified by Palace, and it's really interesting to see that you know character assessment is is part of the part of the process. It's just mad for us to be signing players from Bayern Munich, and it's just all fine. Now we're we're in we're in really uncharted territory as Palace fans, to be honest. And I have to say, so the price is what ten ten million pounds, ten million euros? Is it around that? Do we know? There's lots of chat about add-ons and stuff, but right, you know, okay. I, a trusted source. Uh, I think his name is Fon Diefield. Not quite sure <laughs> if I've said that right, um, but he uh, he went with a, a relatively low initial fee compared to some of right. the figures that were said. And uh, uh, Dom of this parish must be trusted. So I, in fact, he told me that literally last night. That's about my memory. I know, um, but I mean that is, if we, you know, if if all we're saying here is right about him and the potential he has, that is an unbelievably cheap uh, price for a player with that potential. You did, Alex, touch on 
injury record and in your video that I watched earlier as well. How concerned should we be about that? Yeah, this is the big caveat. Hoffenheim were actually quite eager to keep him from what well, I was following last season because Hoffenheim, they started the season well and it kind of tailored off uh, and then their coach left. So maybe they're probably looking for a reset, but by all counts, Richards did have a good year. Besides the fact he missed 120 days with injuries mm. and I think there were various knocks as well. So that's the big thing with him. He's only made 44 senior appearances now and he's been in Europe, what, just over three years? Yeah. It's not great in that aspect. And that's probably why the, the fee is quite cheap because... The initial outlay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rich has come to that caveat of, you know, if you can get him fit, then you've got a very exciting young player that, like I said, when I look into these players, I always try and get, as well as what sort of different journalists and what different scouts might say, uh, it's easy to just go into Twitter and just have a look at what US uh, US fans have said about him in the past. And like as he's come through, there's just the signs have been, they absolutely love him. Like He's strong, athletic, good on the ball. But it's whether he can stay fit, and that's the big thing. I mean, it's not horrific. Like, he's not had from memory he's not had like a big anterior yeah acl injury like nothing that says oh his career like could have been in the balance he's only just coming back now it's just annoying knocks that's meant he's missed his game bitty injuries here and there yeah exactly so but the risk i guess isn't like super high it just could be a little bit annoying and I mean, maybe I'd rank this transfer or think this transfer would be a bit worse if Paz didn't already have two brilliant centre-backs. I think as a backup, the risk is worth it. That is interesting. And actually, that yeah, you're right. That definitely explains why the uh, why the initial outlay of the fee is, is low. And I guess there's so many reasons why players pick up injuries. Could be training regime at current club. Could be all sort of uh, um, diet. I mean, there's so many different reasons. So hopefully that is something that could be ironed out um, at Palace. Um, finally... JD, I just, I, I, oh, God, no, you go, go, go. No, no, go, just, go, go. You go, you go. I was just going to ask, I don't need any reason to get excited for a World Cup, but do you think if he does stay fit and get some minutes in a Palace shirt, he'll be in Qatar with the with the US team? Is is that... Do I need to buy a US shirt? <laughs> yes, I believe so. I was looking into his record earlier. Um, I think he was playing... He made his debut for the national team in like November 2020 and then was just left out of the side after that. Um, then late last year, he got back in and he, he, his last games were in January. And from what I can tell, the only reason he didn't get back called call back into the team was because of injury. So okay. I think he will be looking to because the US national team, you know, it's gone up very well recently. But for, I mean, off the top of my head, I don't think their defense is very top notch. I think Richards, if he plays well and if he gets the game time, which I imagine is the driving force behind this move, he could be starting in guitar. So yeah, I think that's a good point to bring up. He'd be the uh, second starting US centre back, JD, wouldn't he? Well, who's the other one for for a Palace gonna, player that started at a World Cup for the US? I'm gonna I'm gonna guess on Greg Bahalter. Yeah, oh, who is now the coach? Who is now the coach? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's, there a story. there's a story. There's a story here. Alex, thanks so much for joining us. Just just really quickly, is there anything else we've missed on Richards uh, in this chat? I think we've covered pretty much every important bit. I mean. The only, I guess the only small thing we've touched on is thinking he needs to work on his passing. That hasn't been, you know, sky high. He was ninth in the squad. The way we would measure if he's passing is uh, progressive passes, which is moving the ball 10 yards closer to goal. And um, see, there's two ways of looking at stats. I mean, just a little bit of a lesson on it because I was just on a podcast earlier with a Bayern Munich fan who doesn't like his stats. We had a bit of a discussion on it. <laughs> it's a good way to use it. Um, 
it's, it's helpful to with things like passing comparative in the squad rather than in general. For example, like I said, Richards hits more progressive passes per ninety than Gayhan Anderson, uh, but he's ninth in the squad, which kind of shows like it's more. It, he isn't necessarily the great passer. He's actually quite, he's not as trusted in the Hoffenheim squad. Other people are moving the ball forward instead of him. But he's young and you'd expect that to improve with age. So, so I, actually, this is something you, I was sort of thinking earlier when you were chatting. So, in terms of attacking outlay, it doesn't sound like, or maybe, maybe it sounds like that is something to work on in terms of I don't yeah. know, goals from set pieces and, and, and striding forward into the final third. That is not something he's, he's had much of an output so far. Yeah, it's, and it's important not to confuse it as well. Like, it's not much of an attacking play. It doesn't get many goals or assists. But it's not to say like he's a defender who just sits in like a Burnley style. Like, I think the thing that catches the most kind of mentioned is the way he steps out of the line and makes his interceptions of wins yeah. ball. So, yeah, he's like, he's good in that aspect. He just needs to work on putting the balls and dribbling the ball maybe up the pitch and yes, to that, good areas. That, that could be where he does contribute to Palace being on the front foot by winning the ball high. And stepping mm. out and, and being comfortable tackling with both feet, that could be something. Because as you mentioned earlier, Alex, with the players we've got in midfield who can move the ball quickly and, and check to Corey's, you know, very good at doing that, did that well for, for Lond. That's uh, an element of his play, which I hope we build on. That that combination of, you know, high step up by Richards into the midfield could be could be very helpful for Palace moving forward. And I think as well, that's where um, Vieira will probably be moving as well, mate. Like from watching him at Nice, uh, you know, I hardly mention it. I was one of the few people in England to say Vieira was a good coach when we moved to Palace and everyone on TalkSport <laughs> said he sacked in, in, in September. Oh, yeah. don't trust that. Alex, don't trust it. anyone that goes on TalkSport, mate. Absolute disaster. <laughs> Wouldn't trust them at all. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hardly mention it. Hardly mention it. No, um, Vieira at Nice was really beginning to move in more of a, a pressing direction. So that's where I expect he'll take Palace, and that's why Richards does make sense. Hoffenheim are a team that like to press a bit higher than sort of the average Bundesliga side. So Amazing. Okay. makes sense why Richards is moving here. Well, just go on, JD. Go on, I'm probably about to ask the same thing as you are. I think. Well, we've got you then, Alex. Let's really get your thoughts on Decore uh, mm. joining Palace, and I, and I guess then also just your thoughts on Vieira's first season as well. Because seeing as you were the only person that thought he might do quite well, you must be uh, very pleased after that first year. Oh, I'm I'm delighted, especially since you're you know. Moving further down south to the hated Brighton, I know it'd be hated on this podcast. Uh, I said uh, Mark Cucurea would be terrible, and he was amazing. So it was nice to get <laughs> it was nice to get one right. Um, yeah, I, I thought I thought Vieira smashed it. I think the recruitment really helps, and which ties really nicely into Decore. I mean, like I like this Richard signing, but Decore is. I there's lots of people that said they're astonished that Palace managed to get that done. Like I don't know. What you guys have covered on it, I mean, Jack, you seem really well in touch with European football, so I might be parroting things you've said. Sorry if I am, but no, yeah, not, no, not at all. You're you're the Euro expert, man. You're, you, uh, <laughs> you speak a different language to me. This hey, is we're, we're, we're all smart as each other. It all depends <laughs> just what we spend our time watching. Yeah, Decore, I yeah, he's fantastic. Um, yeah. he, he's really good at moving the ball forwards. It's fantastic dribbler. He'll be adding so much to this Palace side. And like I said, I've kind of hinted at Viviera is going to find it tougher next season because I think what you benefit from last year was, oh, you know, this was Hodgson's side. They had 42% of possession. You know, they're not going to be able to track. Oh my God, they're dominating the ball. They're like <laughs> yeah. able to play out of the back. What's that? What the hell is going on? This year, teams will be expecting that and they'll frustrate you in ways that, like, for example, we've seen Chelsea frustrated, Arsenal frustrated last season at times where you can't break down an opposition team and having a player like Decore in there, that's going to help to 
play the ball into good areas. He's a very nice passer, moving the ball sort of in behind like a centre back in the fullback and help, you know, press other teams high as well because. Well, like we kind of mentioned, you don't want teams to catch you on the counter. Um, Richards will help you cover, and Decorah will hopefully stop it happening anyway. Fantastic stuff. Uh, yes, it's another it's another exciting transfer window from Palace. Can't believe we've got two of these in, in, in a year. We are very lucky indeed, although I haven't said that we were made to sit through some absolute dross for the last 30 <laughs> years. So we probably uh, earned it. Um, Alex, thank you so much for coming on and joining us. Uh, I'm sure people will be uh, Googling you now and trying to find you on various social platforms after listening to you. Tell people where they can find you uh, on the various platforms. Oh, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to be on, actually. It's really a nice time. Um, they can find me at EuroExpert on Twitter and TikTok. Uh, one of the things I always say as well is if you have any questions on this, just DM me on Twitter. Uh, I always try and respond to any questions you have and always try and give a bit of a, a researched answer as well. You know, I'm not just here to ignore everyone after I've come on a pod. So, yeah, if you have any questions after this, please DM me and I'll be free to answer them. Top man, yeah, please do because uh, your videos are excellent, and uh, it's oh, nice you. to have someone with, uh, with with that good uh, knowledge from the continent as well. And uh, who knows if Palace make another signing from the continent as well, maybe we'll get get you back on to uh, to tell us more about that because uh, you've been great. So thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it'll be my pleasure. Thank you. We all take on different roles every day. One minute you're a parent, the next a chef, or a driver. That's why the Volvo XC40 Recharge is designed to be as versatile as you are. It's fully electric and includes a 360-degree camera, Google built-in, and more. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com US. The Volvo XC40 Recharge, for every you. Some equipment optional. Google is a trademark of Google LLC. We all take on different roles every day. One minute you're a parent, the next a chef, or a driver. That's why the Volvo XC40 Recharge is designed to be as versatile as you are. It's fully electric and includes a 360-degree camera, Google built-in, and more. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com US. The Volvo XC40 Recharge. For every you. Some equipment optional. Google is a trademark of Google LLC. We all take on different roles every day. One minute you're a parent. The next, a chef. Or a driver. That's why the Volvo XC40 Recharge is designed to be as versatile as you are. It's fully electric and includes a 360-degree camera, Google built-in, and more. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com US. The Volvo XC40 Recharge. For every you. Some equipment optional. Google is a trademark of Google LLC. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. My brother-in-law died suddenly, 
And now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome back to the Poker Time Podcast. Hey. Uh, it's part three. So thank you very much to Alex, our Euro expert there, for the insight on Chris Richards. Very looking forward to seeing him play for Palace. Indeed, someone else we're also excited to join the call. It's Bobby Webb from the Palace for Life Foundation. Bobby, how are you doing? I'm really well. How are you guys? Not too bad. Sport, I mean, obviously, this is going to do me nothing for our listeners because this is audio only. Although I might take a screenshot. Sporting a very fetching training top there or some sort looks very uh, nice yeah it's our it's our new kit it's embroidered with the palace for life this oh, year as well oh, which nice. is lovely touch that is very nice indeed and i will be emailing you after to find out <laughs> how i can get one of those um thanks for joining us because i think you're going to come and give us an update on the marathon march which is sneaking up on us incredibly quickly uh and then also maybe after there's a bit of an update on the made in south london uh campaign that you uh, you and mike came on last time and talked about so first of all marathon march where are we with it uh, how do people sign up? Because I know that we haven't signed up yet. So uh, give us all the latest. Yeah, so the Marathon March, we're yeah worryingly very quickly coming up on us. Uh, we're just over or just under two months away from it now. We've actually just hit 100 signups, which is brilliant. Um, we're looking to target around 140, 150 again, um, as we did last year. So, so yeah, getting there nice and slowly. People can sign up on our website. Uh, it's £25. Uh, to sign up, you get a t-shirt, you get a finisher's medal, you get breakfast, lunch and dinner, which is nice. Uh, and you get a free drink back at the club after as well. All we do is ask that you raise £300 uh, and we'll give you support throughout that as well with all the fundraising graphics, fundraising guide, etc. To, to get you there. Um, now, there's a new route, I believe. There is. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us? Because previously, it tell us where it was previously, because you'll know more about this than I do and how it's yeah. So we, we've stuck with starting and finishing at Sellers. That's the, the one thing that's the same. But before we went out towards kind of Beckenham and Bromley, stopped just opposite the training ground at Kent County Cricket Ground and then came back again. This time we're going uh, the other side of London, essentially, from Sellers. So we're, we're still heading down towards Box Park, um, but we'll pick up the River Wandle Trail, which is a lovely walking route, actually. Um, head up to Wimbledon literally on plough lane by the by the stadium um if anyone's been there you'll know you won't actually be able to see it because it's penned in by uh hundreds of flats so you'll then head along past Wimbledon tennis as well which is a lovely little route back through the scenic areas of kind of Streatham Common and Wandsworth Common before joining back up to the White Horse Lane and into Sellers. how is it on how is it on hills 
Well, it's we, actually that is the big improvement. We had a lot of positive yeah. feedback uh, on people that's seen it. So you'll be pleased to know the maximum incline is down from eleven to eight yeah. percent, and we've taken five hundred and fifty feet of elevation out of the total route. So a little bit easier this year. You, you said that last year, brother. You said that. <laughs> I last love that you've come with the yeah. actual numbers. I've got numbers. Yeah, I've, I've backed it up with stats. This <laughs> year. I, I'm just warning people because I, uh, as you know, I'm direction dyslexic. I'm not very good with maps, but. Even Ali, who's brilliant with maps, will admit that one thing you can't tell from looking at Google Maps is that it's going uphill. Yeah. So you're bowling along quite nicely, thinking this is all right, and suddenly, what the? the yeah. that, that bit outside Crystal Palace Park last year was just well, because it was the end. It was towards <laughs> yeah. the end, wasn't it? Well, that's because like, it was yeah, steep. We... It would have been brutal if it was towards the start, JD. <laughs> yeah. We've taken Crystal Palace Park out completely. Yeah. Although it's brilliant with the title and everything, fits with the club. Yeah, it is too difficult. Yeah. Also, it didn't help. I have to say that we had an unscheduled restaurant at the Dulwich Woodhouse <laughs> just, <laughs> just before getting there as well. You only had one unscheduled stop. We had we about had two, four or five. Yeah, we did. I was with you, so of course I know. How many you had, so, but <laughs> wow. with hindsight, it was a, with hindsight that was a mistake. Yeah, exactly. When you say how many I had, you're talking about the not the stops. Um, so, that, 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 how many signed up last year, and uh, are we aiming for more this year? Sign ups? Yeah. So we had literally 150 sign up last year. So we really want more. Um, we want to keep building it bigger and better this year. So we've actually got a DJ that will be playing at the end as well um, to create a bit of a party atmosphere after, um, rather than the women's walking football team getting on the decks, which nobody <laughs> wants. Um, but no, I think, yeah, we, we want to kind of build that up where the feedback from the people from last year, that obviously everyone loves it, um, is that it brought them closer to the club. It made them feel closer to the community, that kind of thing. So, yeah, we want to kind of spread that feeling among as many people as possible. It was It was really... It's always been a really sociable occasion, but last year's, I think, with because we were limping out of COVID, was was special. And I think this year's will be even better. It's, if if you're worried about being on your own or not knowing many Palace fans, you listen to it, come along because you'll be with you'll be with mates. No, oh, exactly. really, and, and also last year, I think because of the design of the T-shirt, I've never known more people on the route last year come up and talk to us about what we were doing and why we we're doing it. So it was a, it's a it's it's a nightmare. There's no point lying. You know, <laughs> Jack, Jack doesn't know this because he's never done it because it's always somebody's birthday. But <laughs> there is there is a stage fifteen miles in where you 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 wished you, you were somewhere else. But before that and afterwards, it's fantastic. And, and yeah. ending up back at Sellers just makes a huge yeah huge difference. Once you got yeah. a sniff of Sellers, once you can, a whiff of tasty jerk on the air, and once you get into the ground, it's just it's just brilliant. Yeah. And it's it's a really good day. And I'd say that last year they really cracked it in terms of caring for people on the way around looking after things yeah uh, somebody even bought a dog to lick my feet <laughs> <laughs> julian chenry's dog was did a brilliant really job glad you said feet yeah, there. Yeah. um no it was um last year was great and, it, and you're right that moment of getting back to sellers is uh, the feeling of achievement and accomplishment when you get back and walk around the pitch is absolutely unparalleled and it is great so if there are people listening this year bobby who maybe have heard us talk about it in previous years and thought about it and are considering signing up uh what would you say to them because I, I know there's some of the, the FYP patrons are having a little group and are walking yeah. together and there will be obviously groups of other Palace fans that have maybe sit together and walk together and stuff so what would you say to people that are maybe thinking about it this year? Yeah I think it's it's kind of there's two sides to it there's there's the side of obviously you're, you're helping your local community you're helping young people in the South on there with the money that you raise last year we raised an incredible £100,000 which no no short thanks to you guys raising just over 12000 I think it was in the end Um you're making real change in the local area, but also similar to what Kevin mentioned, 
we've got loads of people that just sign up on their own, but they've made friends on the Marathon March and they only see those people at the Marathon March each year. So it's a real kind of day in the diary for a lot of people. Um, you won't be disappointed. And, and again, Kevin's right, it's difficult. It's it was last year was my first year kind of witnessing it, shall we say, because I didn't I didn't take part. But it's a lot more difficult than I think people realize um like people are quite flippant now oh, it's only walking i can walk it'll be easy but it is a real sense of achievement when you finish and like you say the lap of sellers getting to go in the away the, the home changing room after and things like that celebrating with everyone back in in right and bright and the spronies bar it is that real sense of achievement and it's it's a, a day you won't forget every year okay so people- also as well go to say if people uh if people want to be involved but feel they can't manage the whole route then volunteers are always needed yeah. and there's there's also a half route option yeah, as well. there's a half route option yeah. and and for those people who, who generally are unable to, to do it come and join in for the first hundred yards or the last yeah. hundred yards yeah. just still be part of it anyway don't feel that uh it's not it's not for you because you can't do that walk you're still very welcome to come along and, and take part and help and join in do whatever you can because it's it's open and accessible for all because yeah, we we want the whole of South London to see the sort of people that are, are, are Palace fans, and we're a properly diverse bunch. So there's there's always stuff you can do. Yeah, and absolutely right. It is about the the community side of it as well as the the walking. Um, Bobby, for anyone that that is doing it, that maybe like me hasn't done any training yet. Although I'm going to walk around Edinburgh for four weeks, so that is that, and that is hilly as well. So that no is no excuses gonna, this year. No excuses. And um, what would you recommend to anyone that is supposedly in, you know, quote unquote, pre-walk training? Yeah, so we we will send out a training program to everyone that signs up, um, which is quite detailed, and it gives you different ideas on how long you should walk in the build-up, how you should rest, which is obviously quite important when you're walking these long distances. But my kind of advice off the particularly off the feedback of people from last year were anyone that did some kind of training whether it was a five mile walk in the week leading up to it a 10 mile walk a couple of three mile walks it will make the world a difference because you'll understand your own body because you're on you're on your feet for a long time on that day it's particularly like six seven hours depends on how long it takes you and also understanding what clothes to wear because i think if you're wearing the wrong shoes or you're wearing the wrong top or something you're going to be uncomfortable for the whole day so making sure you've got all of that kind of prepared for yourself before you take part will we'll stand you in good stead. And Bobby, do we have any um, Palace celebrities joining us here? Maybe one of the new patrons of the foundation, for example? Yeah, so we, we do indeed. Yeah, Mark Bright will be taking part again, which will be his sixth. Uh, he's taking part in all six years. Obviously, fantastic support of ours and, and has just signed up to become a patron as well. Uh, and we're also working on a number of others that we'll, we'll hopefully be able to reveal in the, the coming weeks slash month. And ask Kevin as well, of course. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll try and get Clinton Morrison, but it will turn up on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> also, and he'll somehow be offside for the whole walk. Yeah. I don't know how I do that. The other thing as well, we should stress, because some people are very competitive. If you are thinking of doing it and you weren't, it's not a race. No, yeah. It, it really isn't a race. We, we're always amongst the last yeah, yeah. to finish. So don't, don't feel... Some young people, or occasionally club owners, will race <laughs> off ahead like it's a marathon because they've got a Grand Prix to drive in that evening. But for the most of us, it's simply... It's it's a walk. It's, a, it's an eight-hour walk around South London interspersed with various stops. <laughs> So it's, yeah. don't feel don't feel that you, you'd be embarrassed to take part in it because trust me, you won't be any less fit than at least three people 
exactly and that's even if i do train you're still fitter <laughs> than me so absolutely right well said well said indeed Great. um let's move on then bobby to the made in south london campaign you guys came on a few weeks ago to tell us that fantastic launch of the video with doc and the players lovely um how are you doing with that where, where are you with that and what can we remind people about that yeah, so it's been unbelievable and, and really inspiring the response we've had to it. Um, talking to patrons, obviously Ben Bailey-Smith, Doc Brown has come on board as a patron as well off the back of the video. He's been so inspired by the work we've done there. Um, we launched back in April uh, and we've raised an incredible 243000 um, in that time. Um, and another nice stat is we've had 25 monthly or annual donations set up as well in that time, which is obviously in the current climate a fantastic um, response. Um and there's still different ways that people can give as well in the, for the, the kind of home games. We'll have tap to donate at all of the, the home games, particularly in the entrance to the executive boxes. Um, and we're looking to have something outside the fan zone as well. So keep an eye out for, for those stations. Um, people can add a donation when they're buying online as well for they're buying a, a match ticket. So we had a, a large majority of people add donations when renewing their season tickets, which was, was fantastic. Uh, and also there's the major in South London merchandise that's in the club shop which has, you've probably all seen people around the ground in, and it's, again, fantastic seeing people wearing it out and about. Yeah, that does look, again, I will be emailing you about that as well. I know that does look, that does look really, really good. So that's really nice to hear that people are supporting that and getting on board with that. Because that, I mean, that is money. And we said this before on the previous episode, that it's genuinely going to really important um, things that are helping people in local. I mean, that money yeah. really is, yeah, yeah, it's already making like helping out. You're generally helping the local area around Paris. Yeah, in the in the last four months since we've kind of started raising the money, it's making a real big difference. Um, we had a one, we had a hundred thousand pound donation from an anonymous donor um, to scale up our Asian get involved session. So that if you saw the match of the day uh, segment that we had around our, our Asian inclusivity sessions, um, so we had yeah hundred thousand pound donated to scale that up. Our DS Eagles, that I'm sure everyone saw, meet the, the players at the training ground, which was a, a really special day. And they also had their end-of-season awards, which was part-funded by Main in South London. Um, Lee Nichol, who won the PFA Community Player of the Year from the women's team, went down as well, which was obviously a fantastic day. Um, and it's also allowing us to put things on like our own soccer schools. Um, we've got five different locations starting up this month. Uh, and there's some girls-only sessions in there as well that we've been able to, to put on, which is, again, after the weekend, so important about giving young girls the opportunity to play football and, and feel safe while doing so. Well, that was what was brilliant about the Asian inclusivity thing that was on Match of the Day is that so many of them were were young Asian girls yeah. who 10 years ago probably wouldn't have dreamed of going anywhere near a football club. And, and it's so important to get kids of all ages, especially girls involved, meeting people they wouldn't otherwise meet, just getting fit in general. It's, it's brilliant. And I'd say I had nothing to do whatsoever with the Made in South London campaign, but I think it's one of the best things the foundation has done. And anecdotally, fans have really bought into it. I just They just love the, the whole Made in South London concept is something, because yeah. it's, it's, it's not South East London, it's not South West London, it's, it's South London. We're a South London club. And I think our fans have really bought into it and they, they really understand the beauty of what it's what it's trying to do and that's the again the beauty of the marathon march as well is that we're 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 walking within the community that we're that we're trying to help yeah so it's it's all good it's all good organic helpful stuff absolutely right so um 
We will put details in the show notes below this. People can, can get involved. But just really quickly, Bobby, if people want to get involved in the March and in the Made in South London campaign, where can they go? Head to our website, head to our social media. Um, we're, we're shouting about the Marathon March in Made in South London everywhere on, on both of those places. Um, and they can also email me directly. Um, my email is bobbyweb at palaceforlife.org. Um, and I'll be able to point them in any direction or, or help them in any way that they need to, to if they want to support either of those campaigns. Brilliant. I'll put that web with an E as well. Web with an E, double B-E, yeah. I'll put it in the show notes so people have people got that. But yeah, thank you. Top man. Now, Bobby, will you stay around and help us preview the Arsenal game in part Yeah, four? of course. Yeah, I'll hang about. Top man. Right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, that first game of the new season. My brother-in-law died suddenly. And now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. This summer, go to the movies, projected on the side of a mountain. Discover a new favorite restaurant, your campsite. Find yourself when you lose your signal. Discover a new playlist, Mother Nature. Make your summer special at the Kia Summer Sales Event with a dependable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Event N7523. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. 
it's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome back to Fucking Man Podcast. Hey. Hey. Uh, pod four three four, first pod of the new season. Jackets here. We're playing yeah. Arsenal under the lights. Friday night, chance to go top of the table for the first time ever in our history for twelve hours or whatever, uh, which we'll take. Um, how excited are you? How worried are you? And we talk, we we touched on this briefly in preseason by Arsenal's preseason form. And how are you? What are you expecting to see from Palace formation wise? Similar to the Montpellier game, do you think? I don't have a clue about Arsenal's pre-season form. I barely pay enough attention to Palace's pre-season <laughs> fixtures, let alone other clubs. Um, uh, did they win recently? Have they had a good pre-season? Yeah. They've had a good one. Okay. Yeah. A very, yeah, a very good one. Yeah. A lot well, of good goals. For, good for them. Um, yeah, I'm pleased. Uh, I am just excited for Saturday, for Friday night, sorry. Um, I just think it's going to be great for everyone to get back in the habit of being there. Um, as we talked about in the first part, some some good business by by the club, but to supplement the already good business done last season, um, yeah, it's Arsenal. I'm sure Arsenal had high hopes going into last uh, season's first game where they lost two nil home two nil away at Brentford. So you know they could just lose two nil at Selhurst instead this time. But yeah, I, I, I haven't really thought about Arsenal too much to be honest, JD. Sorry, <laughs> but I think we will. I think we will go with the uh, pretty much as close to that team that started Montpellier. I think it's pretty standard for Premier League teams to roll out their uh, best team in the in the last pre-season match to give give them an idea of getting together and the fact it was Edouard up top instead of Mateta was was a bit of a call in it mm. and it worked on Saturday in that Edouard bagged twice so you know he's done no harm in terms of keeping that that gig for Friday night so yeah I, I would be uh, expecting a similar if not the same team as as the Montpellier game. I forget sometimes that other people aren't keeping tabs on other teams for fantasy football purposes. Sometimes here we so go. Yeah, sorry. Ding, ding, ding. Forgot, fantasy football cling. Well, yeah, yeah that's uh, yeah, that's my fault. Um, Kevin, would you be happy if that lineup from Montpellier is the same lineup? Because obviously, no Elise, I think, still recovering from yeah. injury. So, are you was yeah. in there and Edward up top? Are you happy with that? I am. I'm not as confident as, as Jack that it will that will be the starting eleven. I, I, I'm the only thing that worries me about Arsenal. I think Gabriel Jesus. I think is the best bit of business. Sorry, season. just for Jack. They've signed Gabriel Jesus from Man City, yeah. <laughs> and he scored a lot of goals in pre-season. I think I think that's a brilliant buy. Forty-five billion quid. What it was? He's only twenty-six. They're going to play him as an out-and-out striker, which is what he wanted. I think yeah. the beauty of our squad at the moment is that I think you can only really predict the back five with any certainty. Plus, obviously, Decore and Wilf. Beyond that, we've got. We've got so many other options up front. It's really hard to to predict what he'll go with. I mean, it, it's it's it wouldn't be a, a complete shock if it was the, the same starting lineup. I I, I I still think it might be Matetsuin for Edward from from the hmm. from the start. I think if Elise was fit, it would be him hmm. from the start. But it just does show that we've got we've got those options and we've got cover as well up front now. So I I think. I mean, I, as who, so, who started? Was it Schlupp and Schlupp and Eze? Eze, Eze, Eze who started. Right? Yeah, again, I'm not. 
I'm not entirely sure <laughs> against a really strong Arsenal. So I, I'm not sure that it will start with Veze in that sort of midfield role against the, the better sides in the in the division. To be perfectly honest, uh, Inter- that, I mean, interesting given he has been probably our best player in preseason. No, no, I don't disagree. I think he has been brilliant, but I just think in that position, I I, I think that's not a particularly defensively solid. Unless Ducouré is three times the player we think he is, I think. I mean, I'd, I'd be intrigued if he does because that's that, that's a quite a brave attacking midfield essentially. But you, it leaves you with only one out and out defensive midfield player, which is not an option. So, who do you all. think will be what Hughes in there instead? Or I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. It's. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Hughes, but I, I, it's just it's not an option that he took very often last season against better teams to have only one defensive midfield player hmm. especially against a team like Arsenal where it, it, it might be that he thinks Arsenal is still fragile in the centre of their midfield I don't know but I think with, with I mean they've been on fire pre-season they've got a wealth of attacking options so I'd be amazed if it was just Takure left on his own Yeah it's a fair point I mean and I, I guess as it, it as you say it comes down to the options we have now and they are obviously stronger than have been in recent years I mean Bobby obviously we, we all saw the, the 3-0 in April, I think it was, wasn't it? Which was obviously fantastic. Uh, Lightning can't start twice twice in the same year, can it? It can. I I'm not 100 percent confident it will. Um, although I, am, I I do think we'll nick a result. Um, but I think that three nil will be the reason that Mateta starts. Um, particularly in that first 45, he absolutely bullied Ben White and Gabriel. Yeah. They looked both of them after about 10 minutes looked like they wanted to be somewhere else. Um, and I think that'll be the case. But I think uh, depending on his fit, he didn't look particularly, uh, I don't know if it's just the way he runs or, or the way he is. Uh, after about an hour, he looks like he spent most most games. But I don't know how a full preseason this year will help. But I think it will probably be Matat from the start. And then we will see potentially Edouard, um off the left with Wilf up top potentially later on in the game. I think he did that quite a few times last season. Um, but I think he will go with Eze. Um because was it after the Montpellier game? He was talking up um, as a Vieira was talking up as a's um, kind of potential to to replace what Conor Gallagher was giving us last year. Um, so I think he might see him in that similar similar role, but I, I think he's just not as dynamic as as Conor was. Um, but no, I think I think we've got a good chance. I think um, the the point there about Mateta having a preseason is really important as well because he looks bigger, he looks stronger. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I've I've been quite critical of how he drops off a cliff after sixty minutes in in his first full season last year. So I think that's obviously been something the club have worked on. So yeah, yeah there's another exciting element of a full preseason, I guess. Yeah, I remember Chelsea away last year. He looked completely off the pace, yeah. completely yeah. unfit, but. Back in the last year, he looked good, particularly looked like, say, for an hour. Yeah. And yeah. pre-season, he's looked that. I think it was the um, was it the Leeds game where he, yeah. he ran the whole yeah. length of the pitch, Took the to, whole pitch out. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I think that. Yeah, I've, I've got a feeling he's gonna. I think he did well last year, but I think he'll do. He'll he'll kick on again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It'll be up to Edward to displace him. It'll be very interesting this year, definitely. Um, I, I agree with you. I think we will sneak a result. I don't think it's, it's quite the walkover a lot of people think it's going to be for Arsenal. But really quickly, on the season in general, Jack, if I had to press you now for Palace's final position and the the non-Wilf player of the year, uh, who would you go for? Tenth. I think we'll aiming for take the top that. half of the table. I would take that. Um, but I do think you have to take into account how peculiar this season is going to be in that it's effectively two separate seasons yeah. in one. Mm-hmm. So that that will impact where teams finish because uh, just the nature of the way the games are going to be split up. Um, and then in view of that World Cup, I'm going to say look out for Eberichi Eze, who I think will play so well between now and December 
or no- November, sorry, there's an outside chance that he will be going to Qatar. I think Southgate really likes him. I think the fact that he was being looked at last year, even though he hadn't had any form of preseason due to the Achilles injury, yeah, I, I, every Chelsea, look out for look out for Ebbs. Ah, uh, we uh, we'd all love a big season from Ebbs, big time, wouldn't we? Uh, Kevin, same question as number two. It's same answer, more or less. I mean, uh, as you know, first thing to do is look to see whether there are three teams that are worse than we are. <laughs> and I think that's, I would be amazed if Fulham and Bournemouth, this logic that somehow uh, Fulham's manager will somehow turn into, eventually turn into a Premier League winning manager, despite all evidence to the contrary, and that Mitrovic, despite the fact he barely got a kick the last time he was in the Premier League, will score a 30 goal. I don't think, I don't think that there's a problem there. I think Forrest are the only team that might make a fist out of staying up. I, don't, I, I would, I would think tenth, ninth, and I, but I agree with Eze. I think Elise obviously is always going to be one to watch. I'm really interested to see whether Decore is as good as all the rumours are. But I think Eze, it's almost a cliche. I think it's almost like buying a new player, Eze, because I don't think at any stage last season he was more than 70, 80% fit. I think Vieira was reluctant to commit him for a full game two or three games running so I I, I think I'll be fascinated to see whether he starts against Arsenal and what his role is but whether he gets in the England squad I don't know but for me I, I, I think it's like buying that is like buying a 30 million quid player I think for me Eze and again it's so exciting because again he's just one of the options we've got yeah, there, that, I mean, and that, that yeah. assist for Edward against Montpellier, lovely, the little flick as yeah, well, yeah. you know, a real, a real indication of what we could Ooh. see. Ooh. Bobby, are you going to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's Bobby... sinister when you can see it. With people at home who can't see that, it's <laughs> even more sinister. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and actually, I'm not really sure what he's talking about. I'm just going to sort of glaze, glaze over it. Oh, sorry, are you guys fast. talking about Palace? Oh, it's, sorry, a fast, it's a fast show reference. It's a fast show reference. Oh, yeah. right. I thought it was some sort of chant that I'd missed or yeah. something. No, but no, no, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Wow, Is it Ron okay. Manager? Room manager? Yeah. Oh, no, no, it's Suits You. Oh, no, Suits You, sir. Sorry, yeah, sorry, Suits You. Yeah. Suits You. Yeah. Anyway, bringing the pod back 35 (laughs) years into the future. How dare Um, you? (laughs) Jack's not even 35 years of age. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Don't you remind me. Um, Are you going to complete the hat trick for us here, Bobby? Tenth and essay? I think essay is the obvious answer, yeah. I can't go elsewhere. But I will probably throw in Elise if he can stay fit all season. Um, and become more ruthless in front of goal. Mm. And then the partnership of Joachim Anderson and Mark Goey, I think. Mm. Um, again, mm. I think Mark Goey will go to the World Cup. Um, I think he fits a back three perfectly if Southgate's going to go that on the left side. Uh, and I think he's he's going to be a great leader for us throughout the season. Um, so, yeah, that would be my, my shout, those two at centre-half. There could be a complete surprise, given that there are five substitutes, the impact of having five subs means that somebody could come yeah. and steal the show. And I think yeah. look out for Mal- Malcolm Abue being yeah. that kind of surprise because it made sense for him to go out on loan. But the fact that he's being kept with the first team, yeah. I think, you know, to have that Joker in the pack with 15 minutes to go, I think that could be really exciting. Was it, was so. it Eze saying that he's really surprised him in training yeah. uh, at his level and his quality? So yeah, it's exciting. I think that's a good shout. And even yeah. Luke Plange as well, scoring a hat-trick yeah. in pre-season. See Plange. Plange. Someone associated with the club. We've got a plunge, I think. I don't know who that is. (laughs) Guys, thank you so much for being here for previewing the season. Bobby, thanks for coming. And uh, we'll obviously put all the notes below in the show notes about the Palace for Life, uh, all the updates. Uh, Kevin and Jack, lovely to see your faces again. I've missed them. That's all right. You'll you'll see my face in Edinburgh and I'll see everybody else in the Portsons on Friday. (laughs) There you go. Beautifully done. And we're back next week, of course, um, after that Arsenal game. Until then, enjoy the first game of the season. 
Uh, and we'll see you again soon. Bye. Time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Podcast Network.